Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions and join industry leaders as they share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Chicago Title, Arizona. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Real Estate Sessions. You might hear a little background noise today. That's because Paula Montefer from Flagstaff, Arizona is our guest, and we are sitting on a balcony looking at downtown San Diego from the San Diego Convention Center during the 2015 National Association of Realtors Conference. This is cool. You like this, Paul? This is such a nice spot to be sitting right now. It's Thank my you. It's way better than a go to meeting from oh your office. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's so much better than being in another room oh, that's and true. then moving to another room. <laughs> we got to do that this afternoon. Well, that'll okay. be the rest All of right. our weekend. Exactly yeah. right, right. So, Paula, I want to, uh, first of all, thank you for agreeing to do our podcast. Like the many of the podcasts before, I love talking to local industry leaders, and I mean local Arizona industry leaders. We've had, you know, Holly Mabry's done this, Evan Fuchs, you get, you kind of see the pattern here. Mm -hmm. And so I hadn't gone um, north enough, and so, or high <laughs> enough, so I went, I needed someone from Flagstaff, and there's nobody else I would talk to in Flagstaff other than you. So. Well, I, you definitely don't want to talk to Gary Nelson, just put that out there um, right now. Awesome. So the first Just Gary Nelson dig right away. Right away. We'll make sure we send him a link to this directly. Good. We'll appreciate good. that. All right. So um, <laughs> I gotta I gotta applaud you for doing this because the people that you're connecting with and the interviews that you're doing, people are going crazy about. Oh. And the response has been fantastic. Cool. And people are really interested in hearing, which is kind of neat. Yeah. It. I mean. Look, I'm a very curious guy. I think that's why at my age I continue to do what I do and learn. Because being curious is really cool. You know, because it just keeps you, it's going to fend off any of those things that happen when you get old, I hope. And so I just love getting the backstory, the origin story of everybody. So we're going to start, like I do with most people, with you. First of all, are you offended when people mispronounce your last name? I did it a little bit almost at the beginning of this conversation. <laughs> What's Give me no, give me four different pronunciations of your last name. Monthifer. Um, uh, <laughs> Monthoffer. Monthoffer. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's some that, you know, probably have dirty words in them oh. when people see my name. All right. Yeah. But it's Monthoffer. Montofer. Montofer. Yeah. See, yeah. there we go. And okay. you know what? And it's okay. Yeah. All right. So you did not grow up in Flagstaff, right? I did not. You're no. from back east. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Atco, New Jersey. Wow. New Jersey. All right. A very tiny town yep. in the middle of the Pine Barrens okay. in South Jersey. Okay. So you're kind of close to Philly a little bit? So Right in between Philadelphia and uh, the Atlantic Ocean. Okay, so right. So South Jersey is all farmlands and forest. Okay. And it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it is. When I was little, I never understood why people were always making New Jersey the butt of all the jokes. Right. Until I went to Rutgers. And I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, this is what they're talking so about. So where's Rutgers located? This is gross. It's up, it's in the, uh, it's right It's about an hour state. north from Atco. Right. So it's right in the, right, right around the center of the state or in the niche of the state. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's where uh, college is located in New Brunswick and completely different territory and lay of the land than Southern Jersey. Right. So tell me about uh, Rutgers. What did you go to school there for? Well, I chose Rutgers because it was an enormous school and I graduated from a high school of 55 people. Ooh. So the idea of being a number sounded fabulous to me and I was all for that. Okay. <laughs> um, I went up to Rutgers with the idea of becoming a child psychologist oh. and I actually, uh, was a double major with child psychology and history. Okay. But I wound up loving history so much more 
I don't use either of those today. <laughs> you don't think you use child psychology today I, you know <laughs> in your business? I totally, I absolutely do. Yeah, especially <laughs> right. with negotiating, you yeah. know, especially with other realtors, right? Yeah, yeah. And not um, to mention Sam. Yeah, well, uh. it helps It helps with Sam. It helps with Sam's dad. It helps with everyone, okay. really. Good, yeah. good, good. So, so you, you graduate from Rutgers. What, how do you end up in Arizona? Where does that happen? So I, you know, you were talking about being curious, and I am exceptionally curious, and I definitely have a vicious case of wanderlust, mm. and I love to travel. I was actually this close to becoming a professional gypsy instead of a realtor. Wow. It's a very, very, nice. very, very narrow edge. Let me uh, make sure my wallet's still with me. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, I love traveling all around, and so I had traveled up and down the East Coast from mile zero in Maine to mile zero in Key West, and I've traveled cross country maybe eight times. And in the summer of 2000, I traveled around the country kind of with the idea of where do I want to live? Wow. And when I drove into northern Arizona and saw rivers of sunflowers cutting across these gorgeous mountains. You're talking about Arizona? That's Arizona? Yeah. Yeah, People listening around the country, I think they think Arizona is kind of like everything looks like Phoenix, but that's we know that's far from the case. The largest ocean of pine forest in all of North America. The largest contiguous pine forest runs through Flagstaff. It's just a sea of green. Yeah. And I fell in love. And so I came back out um, a Now year you're later. single at the time? I'm single. Okay. And so I come back out again a year later thinking, okay, Arizona's the place, now I gotta find my exact spot in Arizona. And I started in Tucson and I drove throughout the whole state and when I drove into Flagstaff, I just thought, I could live here. This could be my What time place. of the year was it? It was uh, September. Okay, beautiful time. Yeah. yeah. Good, good. And so I got a job bartending and rented a little place. I went back home, put all my stuff in a budget truck and moved out to Flagstaff. All on your own. Yeah. That's awesome. So now, so you're out here and you've got your degree and you're, you're obviously, you're not going to make bartending a career. You're thinking about what am I going to do? Yeah. So what kind of jobs were you looking for at the time? Well, I knew that I wanted to be a realtor because I knew that I wanted to invest in real estate. Ah, While I was at Rutgers, I had worked for an affordable housing developer and it was really cool. I mean, literally going in and busting up brick boxes of buildings and building individualized homes where little kids get a backyard for the first time in their life. And and so that instilled a lot of my love of of what home means for people and housing, but also showed me how much money can be made investing in real estate and being involved in it. So I thought, if I get involved, it'll make me a better investor because I'll know about it from the inside out. Right. So that's what brought me to want to be a realtor. So you're, it was for your own you know, personal um, use, but obviously you turned it into something else. I mean, you, you had to join and hang your license somewhere. Where did you start when you first got your license? I started at uh, Remax Peak Properties okay. in Flagstaff. Okay. Yeah. And so you're a realtor there. You Were you doing, at that point, were you kind of doing the, the typical new agent stuff, prospecting, trying to build No, it? I was terrified. I got my <laughs> license and I thought, I know nothing. I right. am totally not prepared to handle hundreds of thousands of dollars of people's lives. Well, there, then there had to be somebody in your world that brought you, that, that helped you and mentored you and got you over that little hurdle. Oh, there's Who, so many people. So give people. me a couple of those so people many you people. want to mention. So, so I actually started as the office manager for the Remax office, because even though I was licensed, I did not feel prepared or ready to take on people's homes for them Um, and so working as the office manager one of the um, there were four owners of the office at the time and one of them wanted to buy out the others 
And in doing that, he needed someone to help him with his individual practice. Oh, okay. And his name was Andrew Meyer, and he still owns Remax Peak Properties in Flagstaff. At the time when I was there, we had 10 agents. Wow. I literally wrote the office and policy and procedure manual for the office wow. and worked on training the agents in the office. So you're this big, massive franchise nationally, but it was a little it's culture a very in tiny, Flagstaff. Very that, tiny office So there. definitely nurturing and helped you. And it was, it was great to be a part of something that was at that growth stage and yeah. to get to work with Andrew. And the broker at the time was David Knopfs, and they both spent a lot of time with me and mm -hmm. I'm very indebted to both of them. Wow, that's how long are you at Remax? Where's what's your next step in the process? Because I know you're not there now. So I'm let's not work there now. That, so so yeah, um, I uh, I did leave Remax and um, went to a couple different companies for a while. At this time in my career, I had been mentoring and doing training sessions <clears throat> for the offices and was being pulled to do that for other offices and it's funny how that kind of trying to find <laughs> the place that was going to be best for me. <clears throat> right, right. Yeah. So. Your next company is, do you go to Realty Executives? You end I, up I, there? I was at Realty Executives. Um, and then I left Realty Executives with the intention of opening my own brokerage and then decided that I did not want to do that actually when I started looking into okay. what that was going to mean for me. Yeah. Um, I'm currently at High Peaks Real Estate in Flagstaff, which is a boutique company. It's myself and my partner, Ginny Britt, who's the owner and broker and one other agent. And Ginny is a past president of our local association. So she understands that when I'm here with you, that this is work. Gotcha. That when I'm attending these meetings, Absolutely. this is work. Right. Um, whereas some of the other partners I've tried to work with over the past couple of years and assistance, it's hard for them to understand if they've never been a part of leadership. Right. Um, how much too many pictures much of work. restaurants and parties kind of maybe influences yeah, their absolutely how much okay. work is going yeah. on at these events the connecting so, unbelievable and so right. she really understands that and it's a great fit and what I love about being at a boutique brokerage is I don't have to feel any of the concerns that sometimes come up with a dual agency so okay. If it comes up, if there's someone that calls on our listings, both my broker and I have the same ethos that um, we will show them the property and if they want to see another property, we'll show them others. But if they decide to write on that house for which we have a listing, we will be referring them to someone else. Wow, okay. And wow. our sellers love that and yeah. it just helps us sleep at night. Yeah. I'm now I think dual agency can be done very ethically and I know very many people like Beth and James Adams out of Sedona that do it exceptionally well. Um, I just prefer to stay out of that. Excellent. So let's let's talk about your um, your role in the state. You are super involved. I know you've you've been you're a past president of the Northern Arizona Association of Realtors. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Yeah. And so you've I, I want to know much like when I talk to Evan or, or Holly or uh, Jim Sexton. You know, it, it's it's like what what forced you to kind of what was it about you that made you get into that part of it? Because a lot of realtors just don't care about that stuff. Yeah. Unfortunately. And I'm glad people like you do. What was it? What was it that made you want to you know, like join that first committee? Yeah, I, I remember the. I remember where I was and who asked me. And I was asked to be on the MLS committee in my town and then chair it. It was Jerome Naleski who asked me, and I remember saying, "Yeah, I, I guess I could do that. I've got a little bit of free time. I can. I can do that." And he looked at me and he goes, "You're gonna get addicted." Mm, so he, he knew. famous last words, yeah. right? Yeah. Because I am absolutely addicted to leadership. Well, let's see. So um, we were talking before the podcast started. What happens tomorrow for you? Okay, so tomorrow morning, <laughs> I face the nominating committee for um, Region 11 RVP, and that's Regional Vice President. So our region of Region 11 is comprised of Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, Utah, Nevada, and Wyoming. So each state has two representatives serve on the nominating committee. 
and tomorrow I go before them and each person can ask one question and I'll give a brief speech and then they will deliberate after listening to both myself and my opponent and determine who will be the nominating committee's pick for our region for wow. RVP. So, and you're also, what is your, what are you, what's your title currently with AAR? I'm first vice president, which I feel is a made up title. <laughs> that is completely, it does sound, somebody just made that up. It does sound like a participation award. I'm just almost. saying, you know what a treasurer is. You know what a president elect right, is. Right. Everybody, is there a second vice president? Right. It just sounds fishy to so me. So that puts you in line. You're going to be president of AAR in 2017. Yes. Excellent. So, yeah. so that, th these conferences like this are just massive for you, right? I mean, yeah. when I come to a conference like this, it's I love the expo floor. That's because the nerd in me likes to see the stuff. <laughs> the sessions are amazing. There's incredible speakers. But there's a whole other side to a conference. Talk about that for a second. I don't think people understand that. Yeah. There are so many committee meetings and, and leadership meetings. And talk about that oh, for that a second. Oh, that side too, yeah. So, there, so there's <laughs> I mean, another side too, right? So there's all the committee meetings, which is, you know, Bill and I were talking, I haven't even registered yet for the guys, like day three, and I haven't yeah. even registered yet because I don't know if we're going to make it to a session with all the meetings that we've got scheduled. Um, in addition to all the committee meeting work that gets done, the people that are serving as line officers or officers of the state also have a lot of meetings, like strategic thinking meetings and idea exchange forums and, you know, all these places where they try to get us working together and collaborating together. But when you were talking about the other side of it, what I was actually thinking of is the hall talk. Oh, yeah. No. And, and the meetings after the meetings. Absolutely. Because I really feel like that's where you really start to move the ball. Um, that's where you really get the ideas exchanged. Yeah. And that's where you really make the, the strong connections. Yeah. I, I, I have to, a little shout out to Jeff Turner and Laura Monroe at Real Satisfied. Yeah. So they're, they, they have a house up in Little Italy that I went to last night and sat there with Todd Carpenter, Bill Loveland, uh, Bill Matter, I think, out of uh, Saskatchewan and AE for the state. It's, it was the best talk I ever heard in, in real estate. And I'm, nothing against presenters, but you know, you're, it's a common denominator kind of thing, and those were very high-level kinds of things you yes. get to be a part of, and that's, that's the value of these meetings, and I think people miss that. That's yeah, the value that's of the true. meetings. So I, I want to switch gears just a little bit. You are heavily involved in, in training. Yes. So I know that uh, you've got a school, your own school, correct? Focus. Yes. Focus School of Real Focus Estate. Focus School of Real Estate. I know that. I mean, I've I run into you all over the state with with classes and things. We've even worked together once or How twice. How fun is that? A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, a lot of fun because I've never worked with an, another instructor who can. Um, you you, ha I, you know, I have to say this. You you have a little bit of snark in you. I know you keep telling me this. <laughs> that I think is a good thing. Okay. I think it definitely warms up a room. It makes you it makes you approachable. It's a good thing, um, except for Gary. Everybody yeah. else, it's a good thing. Yeah. And but I, I think that and then I know you're also working with Evan Fuchs on yeah. a, you're doing a process a project together. Talk about that for a minute. So Evan and I have partnered together and created a project called Relaunch Conferences, and it. We're so excited. I'm like bubbling over as I'm talking to you about this night. We're so excited about it. You know what he did too? It. He bubbled over too. <laughs> it, it's cool. Because it literally pulls together all the things that we love best. And then we get to go and play with people with it. Nice. So relaunch conferences is uh, simply described as customizable conferences. So we come to an association or to an area and if they need to learn about TRID or RESPA or marketing or technology, if we don't have the class, we create it for them. Wow. And we've got a great library of classes. And then... What we love about it is Evan and I both just shine the most ourselves when we can empower others. Mm. Well, that, I think that's an educator. Um, that's an educator. 
the teachers that you don't forget about from when you were in high school the teachers your daughter's going to have the you'll never forget do exactly that right yeah that's what it's all about yeah i love giving people and yeah i never want people to come to a class and feel like they are less than when they leave and i feel like too many times instructors in the in the in the interest of scaring them to the right sometimes push people to a place where they're not feeling good about themselves and i don't i don't i don't ever want anyone to leave a classroom that way right right that's great so i let's talk a little bit about today's agent right okay because that's a big part of your process when you you do your the teaching side of you um, you have to talk to a lot of different realtors right let's, let's start with problems let's start with things you you see go wrong okay things that agents probably should work on as a whole okay right? so what are the most common things that are in your your pet peeves I think the biggest thing that agents need to work on is understanding and valuing their own self-worth mm. you have to understand it first right like you said they have you to understand, understand it <laughs> And I don't think they do. Right. And I think that most agents undervalue themselves. And I think that that leads to all kinds of other problems. Then they're undervaluing other people also. Then they're setting themselves up in situations that aren't safe because they're jumping out and popping out when someone calls them yep. for a lead Gotta instead of taking the time to be safe. Right. Um, I think it speaks to, to, to their level of professionalism. I think when you value yourself, you start acting like a professional. There's all this talk about raising the bar. Well, people need to raise their individual bars themselves oh, first. Nice. Good. You know? Yep. Um, I really think that if, if agents can start to understand that they, they truly are the stewards of the American dream and not shirk that and not be snarky about it and own it, right? Yep. And, it, and accept that as a value that they add, that they're not going to appreciate themselves. And I really want to help them get there. And I really want to remind them yeah. that the preamble of the code, those words are real. Under yeah. all is the land, and under its wise utilization depend our civilization. That is true, right. and we're the stewards of that. Do you have a portion of your class or your training that where you talk about just that? I yeah. mean, that's so that could be a, a almost a three-hour class, just understanding value, you know, different kinds of value. Your value is you. Your value is a realtor. The value you bring to a client. That's. I do, and, and it comes up in different areas. So obviously, um, I think you know with agentsafetyalert.com, mm -hmm. um, safety has been a big priority for me for the past couple of years now, and with it reaching the national spotlight, I've gotten to have some more ears listening, awesome. which is yeah. fabulous. Yep. Um, but you know, with that, a big part of that was saying to people, look, if it doesn't feel right to you, you can walk away. You don't have to make any explanations. You, you can actually not go and meet somebody. Really? And yeah, it turns out you <laughs> okay. can choose who you work with, you know, right. and, and um, you know, I had a gentleman come up to me during one of the classes we taught. My father taught them with me, I just have to say, and he is a Marine and was a security consultant for 20 years, South yeah. Philly guy. Having him was wonderful because when men wanted to be macho, uh -huh. they were unable to do so when here's this ex-Marine saying, I'll run away so that I can run away, <laughs> so yeah. that I can be okay. Yeah. Gentleman came up at the end of one of the classes and said, you know, and he was 55 years old. I said, I'm 55 years old. I've been taking classes like this. I've been concerned about my safety my whole life. I have never had anyone say to me that I can run away. Wow. And That's it's great. the simplest thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. All right, so let me get back to, you're a realtor. Ultimately, it is too. Yeah, you still sell real estate. I really do estate. help people okay. buy and sell homes. So <laughs> you, you, you live in Flagstaff, which is where Northern Arizona University is, the Lowell Observatory. Yes. Maybe that's all most people know about Flagstaff. That, right? and, you're, and then you're close to the Grand Canyon, right? That's usually what people say. I'm really? Like, 70 miles south. They're like, oh, well, yeah, so, ish. So tell me, um, well, just first of all, let's talk about what's, what is the, 
the the, uh, the the demographics, the makeup of Flagstaff has to be a little bit different than, say, Phoenix. It is. So have tell you, me what it is there. What, have you heard the term Earth Muffin? Ooh. <laughs> I think I might have, but why don't you explain it? Why don't you explain it? I would say that our demographic is mostly comprised of Earth Muffins. <laughs> it's very, Alrighty. it's very, it's a very liberal little uh, mountain oasis. Like a little, little liberal our, enclave in, in our, our big red state. In our state. big red state. Okay, gotcha. Very well Perfect. said. That yeah. makes sense. And Flagstaff truly is like, if you think about those picturesque postcard mountain towns, that yeah. is my flag town. That is my hometown. Absolutely. So, so you've you've been there since around 02 or since 2001. Wow, yeah. 2001. You're not going anywhere. You love no, it. No, I there. love Flagstaff. Yeah. So tell me, um, in the course of your business, in, down in the valley in Phoenix, there's lots of seasonal stuff. Do you have that same sort of we thing? We do. So you have, I mean, there's cabins up there that are part of the. Yes. Talk about talk yeah. about the mix of residential up there, single family versus is there like, are there big condo operations? We What's have a like? very large second home community in Flagstaff. Okay. I mean, very, very, very large, yeah. um, which is great because they help pay for our schools and keep our roads, and that's wonderful. And when and when the people from Phoenix come up seasonally, then they help keep our restaurants open. So we're very happy for all of that. All You're of not mad. You don't in. have a name for the Phoenix people. No, I have no one. name for the Phoenix people. Thank you for asking me. <laughs> good, I have good. no name for any people except yeah. people. Yeah. All right. um, <laughs> but. Uh, Having all having that influx is great. The university absolutely brings in tons of people, and they have plans to continue to grow the university. So, one of the projects that I really would like to kick off in Flagstaff is a town and gown program. Have you ever heard? No, of No, explain that. So, there was recently a shooting up at the university. Mm -hmm. Whenever anything bad happens, I always want to do something. And if I can't do something about what's happening, I want to do something. Anyway, right? right? So when the shooting took place, I started thinking about this growing animosity that exists between our university and our town. And it's truly been growing and there's been a lot of debates and a lot of arguing over housing mm -hmm. for the students. Um, I started thinking there's gotta be a way to come together, right? I've been attending our leadership training academy at Arizona, which mm -hmm. is great team building work exercises, bringing people together, you know, eliminating politics and bringing people together. And I started thinking about that in terms of these two opposing sides in my community and if there's a way to do that. Looking online, this is not, I'm not the first person to come up with this idea. Okay. They have them all over the nation and they're called town and gown. Awesome. And if they look different in different universities and towns, right. they look different in different areas. But it's basically coming together on projects with no friction and moving together where you can work together to start building those good relations and communications and collaboration right. between cities and universities that obviously have so much to benefit to one another. Oh my gosh, you're not even kidding. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, there's so much synergy that should be happening there. So I'm looking right <laughs> oh, well, now to, no. to start getting stakeholders and, and see if I can get a little coalition formed to pick Excellent. a project that we could work together on that won't have friction. Awesome, beautiful. Well, thank you for your time today. I'm gonna ask you my last question that I ask every single person on the podcast. Okay. So, it is, tell me one thing you would tell a new agent or maybe an agent kind of plateaued and they, they need to move on, they need to get move up to a, to a different um, um, volume of business, they're just stuck. What's one thing agents need to do to be better? Lean into your associations, lean into your benefits. Leaders like myself, Holly Mabry, Evan Fuchs, Jim Sexton, the people that you've had on the podcast, listen to the podcast. <laughs> Lean into the people that you have. We are all here truly excited to serve 
all 43,000 of our members. The past presidents are just as engaged and just as excited. So lean into those specific people. Lean in to the classes that your association is taking. Lean into the good people in your office and run swiftly away from the negative people in your office. If there's anybody talking about how awful it is, stop listening to them. That's not going to help anybody get anywhere. But lean into the benefits and resources that you already have, that you're already paying for by being a member and make sure you're taking advantage of those. Wow, that's great. I, I uh, can't thank you enough for being here. Thank you so much. Us. Yeah, it was very cool. Thank you so much. I'll um, probably see you in the halls behind us in this massive structure in the next couple point, of days. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so I wanted to say thank you to everyone for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Sessions. You can always find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Please tell your friends about us. You've been doing that. It's been great to see the downloads go up. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Real Estate Sessions with Bill Risser of Chicago Title, Arizona. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and tell your friends about The Real Estate Sessions as new episodes are published weekly. 